Here we go. Andy Warren here to talk to you about our sponsors, Manscaped.com. At this point, you know the drill. You've heard it enough times. You know about the Lawnmower 4.0. You know about the cutting-edge ceramic blades to reduce grooming accidents thanks to skin-safe technology. You know about the 7,000 RPM motor. You know about a new multifunction on-off switch to engage travel locks. And you know about the ability to turn on a 4,000K LED spotlight and the fact the lawnmower is waterproof. You know about the weed whacker. Stuart Watson's told you about that. Sort out your nose and ear hair. And you know about the crop preserver and the crop reviver, which will help you smell your best. But what you maybe don't know is about the two free gifts thrown in with the performance package 4.0 free gifts and that's what we all want isn't it manscape will throw in a pair of boxes really comfortable really really soft they'll look after you and you know what the best bit about it is the shed travel bag it's a black and brown leather travel bag i walk into football grounds holding it i feel like a football player i walk into budget hotels with it following football matches and i feel like a big deal so Performance package 4.0, two free gifts, boxes, shed, travel bag, and you can get 20% off all of those things and free shipping by using the code KOA at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code KOA at manscaped.com. Now on with the show. Paulie Bon, 1-0. Lee Evans, 2-0. Lee Evans, 3-0. Macaulay Bon, what a goal, 4-0. Lee Evans, hat-trick, 5-0. I went early there with the, with the finger, if you're watching. George <laughs> Edmondson, 6-0. 6 bloody nil. Ipswich Town have won 6 bloody nil. Doncaster Rovers, your boys have taken one hell of a beating. My name is Mark Heath. Welcome to a very happy midweek Kings of Anglia Ipswich Town podcast. Ipswich Town, we are up and running, baby. And I'm your host and with me to celebrate and delve deep into the positivity around a 6-0, 6-0 win. Andy, Hutch, Hogan, Warren, how are you? <laughs> I'm good, mate. Have you, it's 10 to 10 on Thursday. Have you been this pumped since since 10 o'clock on Tuesday night? How have yeah, you managed baby. to, how have yeah, you baby. got this far? What have you been doing to, to make it this far on such a pump? I'm excited, mate. As we've just been saying before uh, we started recording, this is the biggest win we've ever had as a podcast since we started recording. 6-0, Ipswich Town beat Doncaster Rovers on Tuesday night. We are going to unapologetically delve right in and bathe in the waters of this 6-0 victory. We're going to be positive. We're going to relish it. We're going to enjoy it, friends. So hopefully you'll enjoy it with us. (sighs) Where should we start, Andy? Um... Going into this game, obviously Town on beating in two. We said on paper it was the opportunity for them to really get their season up and running against the rock-bottom Boncaster side who had just travelled all the way to Plymouth and lost and then come back with their tails between their legs all the way to Suffolk on a Tuesday night. We were not expecting six bloody goals. Could have been seven, by the way, which would have tied Town's record league win. Um, Your opening thoughts, please. Can I? Can we just start by getting the boring bit out of the way by saying that Doncaster were rubbish? They were. Yeah, they were. They, let, let's get that out of the way because it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. It's it. 
they were they were they were really poor. Um, and I think they're in a world of trouble this season. But that that's not the real issue, is it? That this is about Ipswich. We needed them to to show us to show us something. And and irrespective of the opposition, I think they would have beaten most teams in the league the way they played on Tuesday night. So let's get that caveat out of the way early. And now we can, uh, like you say, indulge indulge in what was um, a feast of football as it rained goals at Portman Road. You you boys were waxing lyrical on Tuesday, and I could tell after the game. You and uh, you and Stu obviously did your little video recap, and Hutchie, you had a little grin on your face. You could not wipe off. It made me it made me smile, and also it made me smile watching the game day posse really soaking in the six 0 It's so nice to see so many smiles and people being happy because that's what it's all about, isn't it? How rarely do you get to see your town, your team, win six nil? Um, especially after the start of the season they've had. It's this kind of feeling of relief and emotion. Um, and it does make everything better and easier, doesn't it, Hutchie? So it does. What, yeah. What what was your what was your kind of main takeaways from the game? Obviously, we'll talk about it in depth. We make no apologies for um for bathing in it, like I say, for really indulging ourselves in it. Um what what impressed you? Uh, I mean, obviously in the ratings, your imperceptible Kylie Minogue aura ratings, Lee Evans got a 10, which is the first time, the first time I've ever seen you give a 10. Um so so what stood out for you from the tonking of Doncaster Rovers? I think it's the first time I've given anybody a 10 covering mm. any t- any team ever. Nice. Um but um and you can't not when a I think when a when a holding midfielder who's told who is told by his manager you're not allowed to get into the box uh indeed does get into the box, scores three and also sets up another one. Um plus the the Minogue aura side of it, he's had a tough start to the season. That mm. goes into it as well. It all feeds in um yeah he played he played very very well but he by no means was the only one but the thing that impressed me most is that yep they were 2-0 up they were cruising um from the moment Macaulay Bond gave them the lead they were cruising in this game and look they should have gone on to win it from 2-0 up whatever whatever happened but the thing that impressed me most is that at 2-0 sort of as the second half drew on a little bit Doncaster without going overboard sort of came into the game a little bit and began to threaten. And the thing that impressed me is that when that happened, Ipswich stayed positive, s- stamped on their throats, and um, scored four goals in ten minutes just to just to see that through. Um, because we've seen so many times, haven't we, that different incarnations of, of Ipswich teams have gone two 0 up and let in a stupid goal, um, and then that leads to the jitters. And mm. what was a comfortable night becomes a really uncomfortable one that they're trying to see out. But they, um, none of that got the job done. And um, four goals in ten minutes is is a lot of fun in a football stadium when there's eighteen thousand people in there. That was um, that was a, a brilliant whirlwind of uh, of football for ten minutes. Oh, it was great. Um, I mean, peek behind the curtain time. It wasn't a lot of fun for me because. Um friends that the star deadline is very early uh on a, on a match day night so i have to write the back page basically essentially from um you and stewie's tweets uh it's basically just a roundup of what's happened who scored um so i'd written it town had won three nil and then suddenly there were there were five nil up last time next time i refreshed twitter so i was swearing verily at, at the wife uh, who was laughing at me through the other room uh, and then it obviously ended up six nil so a lot of hasty rewriting was going on um, but I, I don't mind. I enjoyed it. Um, Hutchie, obviously, the main narrative, I guess, going into this game was the Egyptian king, Sam Morsey, making his league debut. Cook had promised he'd be he'd bring 10 times the values that town needed into the game following the 5-2 defeat against Bolton. Obviously, he was wrong there. They were only three times better than those two goals they scored. So, again, Cook still making mistakes. 
Um, but what did you make of, of Sam Morsey and what he brought to the team? Because everyone was gushing about him post-game. All the guys on, on game day saying, what a player. Um, so is he the final piece of the puzzle that is really going to make this town team tick? God, I hope so. He was at, he, he was pure pure class. I think Stu, Stu said a couple of times during the game that maybe likened him to Jim Magilton in terms of um, wanting the ball. Um, maybe not quite as expansive as Jim, but... I think I think he's a really good on first viewing, and it is only on first viewing. He's a really good combination of of sort of some of the characteristics of Jim Magilton and some of the characteristics of, of Matt Holland in there, um, which combines to make it without going overboard at this stage because they were two incredible players for the football club at higher levels than this. But um, the characteristics that combines to make a really good midfielder, doesn't it? Do a bit mm. of everything. He can pass the ball. He's got some vision. He's tough. Um, he can turn out of tight areas. He's got some drive in his legs. Um, I like I like the way he improvises with some of his passing. Just a desire to move the ball on quicker. It's not not always um, not always the usual pass you'd expect. He maybe shovels it with the back of his foot and just moves the ball around. And um, yeah, I, I think with, with Lee Evans, there's clearly a partnership there. They played eighty games together. They know what they're doing. And um, for Paul Cook to be able to get that on the field finally. Um, mm. I think he'll be a relieved a relieved man because that was the area the team was struggling. Should we talk a little bit about that partnership? Because clearly you kind of touched on it earlier that Evans had struggled to, to start his, his town career playing alongside Raheem Harper. And he comes back from injury, first game alongside his old his old pal Sam Morsey and gets a hat-trick and an assist. And I know in, in the quotes post-game, Evans talks about how he and Harper may be a bit too similar. Um, but with Morsey... Um, they know exactly what each other's doing. Morsey happy to sit a bit further back and let Evans go forward. So there's not that kind of yawning chasm which was was happening in games. Um, is that is that how you see and, and, and that how how it's going to work? Yeah, for, for for me, for me, Evans was was trying to well, probably having to be, to be Sam Morsey um, hmm. for the first few games of this season. In look, Paul Cook wants his team to play. Exactly the same. They, those two lads will have signed for this club knowing the football they're going to be asked to play. But without Sam Morsey for the first six weeks of this season, someone had to do that. And Evans was the one tasked with doing it. But but he's Lee Evans in that midfield. Mm. The midfield is Morsey and Evans and Evans was being asked to be Morsey. And I think that's where it where it fell down. We've spoken about it a lot. He's probably right to say that him and Harper, he and Harper are too similar. But um yeah, I think you got it. You got it bang on there. I think there's, there's, they know what each other is going to do. They'll cover for each other. Morsi probably covering Evans more so than the other way round. But they both know, um, they both know what they're doing. And the midfield isn't going to produce three goals and a and an assist every night. But what it should do, and what it hopefully will do from now on, is is produce a, a, just a solid platform for the team that mm. that wasn't that simply wasn't there before. Mm. Um, you. I think you'd you'd do well to find a team that would allow that midfield to get overrun uh, later in this season. There'll be games where they find it harder than others. This Doncaster team, they were they were rubbish, but <laughs> but but that's that's not to take anything not to take anything away from the steps we saw from Ipswich in this game because, like you say, these nights don't come around very often. Come away positive. You're you're still absolutely buzzing now from all. The, I, I assume you've just been on a high for for 48 hours uh, 36 hours and um, haven't haven't we all though that's the beauty of it isn't it a result like this it carries you for days 
It carried me through the kids' indoor play centre that I was at yesterday. I'll tell you. Good, it, uh, <laughs> Good lord! <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, yeah. It uh, those could be those could be tough places, but um, yeah. But it but it kept me going. Good. Um, <laughs> can we can we can we take a small appreciation break also from Macaulay Bond, who scored another two goals? It's almost like oh, Bond's obviously Bond scored. Um, so he's now on seven for the season. Statistically, the the top striker in League One in terms of minutes per goal, eighty two minutes per goal, so more than a goal a game. Um, his his second goal as well, Hutchie, was another absolute worldie. I mean, Bon is Bon is on fire. We 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 were never expect we were expecting him to be good, yes, but we were not expecting this. This loan to, it's a dream, isn't it? It's yeah. Have, the only the only thing that could be better was would be for for the team to not be sort of where they are in the table and for them to be sort of around the top two. Mm. That, that's the only thing that could really have gone gone better for, for Bond so far, aside from aside from Cheltenham, of course. But we we've forgotten about that now. Yeah. Um he's he's ticking every box, isn't he? Like the I saw on, on Saturday night, I wasn't around on Saturday, but on Saturday night I saw um I saw his uh, his little number against Sheffield yeah. Wednesday. What a Sheffield Wednesday doing, by the way. How can that? How can you allow that to happen in the 90th minute of a game? Dominic Iorf was looking at Bailey Peacock Farrell there. Just doesn't. I know. Tell, just doesn't what, tell him what? exactly. <laughs> no, no one thinks to say uh, there's, a, there's a player standing right yeah. behind you. But pathetic, absolutely yeah. pathetic. But 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 Pons made that happen, like you say. He's he's Johnny on the spot to score the first goal. Good positioning him. He, he knows where Burns is going to put that ball. He's there, tap in, job done. And then, like you say, the second goal, to take that on your chest and kind of be moving away from goal and kind of on your wrong foot to swivel and put that in the in the bottom corner was um brilliant goal. He's got he's got all the strings to his bow, it seems. Mm-hmm. A really good all-round striker at this level. And um yeah, it's it's a it's a dream. It's a dream loan for for a lad that probably thought this was never gonna never gonna happen for him at his at his boyhood club, um, which he he clearly loves so much. It's um, it just makes it all so much so much better, doesn't it? That there's a there's a chantry boy in this team doing that. Mm. It's uh, when, it's brilliant. Absolutely, it's 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 it is fantastic. And as you say, the fact he's one of our own makes it all the sweeter. So when does Mark Ashton grab his large testicles and a big a big bag of money and drive it to QPR and say, we are keeping Macaulay Bond. You're not having him back. He doesn't want to come back. This is perfect. When does he do that? Do we start thinking well, about it now? I'd hope they're talking about it now. They've got, yeah. I think they've, they've got to be talking about it now. Um, clearly it can't, it can't be done officially until, until January, but I'd, I'd have thought they'd be willing on all, on all sides for this, mm. for this to be done. Um, I'm not sure. Q- Q- QPR have got striking options. They, I, I think for them to to want to hang on to him, it, I can't see it. I can't see them being desperate to hang on to him. Um, he, I can't see McCauley being desperate to go back. Yes, he can go back and be a championship player, but he can he can be a, the main man at his club. Hopefully. At the top, at the top end of League One, and then the Championship next season. I can't see him wanting to go back, and and then there's no reason for Ipswich not to want to make this make this permanent. So I would hope there's um, I'd hope there's some real conversations internally happening now, and mm. um, see where that leads. A penny for Joe Piggott's thoughts. You wonder what he's he's thinking because he was brought in essentially to be the the star striker, the top man. 
uh, and Bond's just exploded. And obviously, it's fantastic that Town are winning. Um, but you have to wonder what Piggott is thinking sat on the bench. Anyway, we, we don't want to delve into negativity, Hutchie. We want to thrive in positivity. Um, and the sixth goal, which is perfect in a 6-0 win, is when your big lump of a defender gets on the score sheet as well, Edmondson, the fridge. Um, the perfect way to cap the night. I suppose the, the best way would have been if Raheem Harper's shot had gone in. It was 7-0. Yeah. But still nice yeah. for a defender to get on the score sheet as part of a route. Yeah, I like goals like that as well. That just... like. <clears throat> Really good ball, dangerous area in that corridor, corridor of uncertainty, and uh, and a, and, a, and a really good, uh, clever, clever little move in there to to stab it, to stab it in. Um, good movement, and yeah, job done. It's a good goal. I'd just like to say as well when we're using terms like um, corridor of uncertainty, you used it already in this podcast, but I loved it when I saw that you'd written that Town had stamped on Doncaster's throat. I thought you I, would. I was like, yes. This is my sort of lingo. Um, it reminds me of when I was back starting out in in the, the old fight game, uh, and a, a trainer told me about one of uh, about people kind of starting out competing um, and this maybe struggling to begin with. He said, "Some sometimes, mate, you just need to beat up a muppet and get some confidence." Um, <laughs> so <laughs> that kind of works here, I reckon. Town of, of I'm not saying Doncaster are muppets, but they've they've no, uh, they let, were uh, yeah, they were. A lesser side in this league. <laughs> Town have beaten them up and no doubt they've got confidence from this. Um, what else shall we talk about, Hutchie, in terms of the 6-0? Clearly, there were there were great performances all over the pitch. We've talked about Morsi. We've talked about Evans. We've talked about Bon. Who else is worthy of praise? I think I think they're, they're all worthy of, of praise in their own ways. Selena. Um, Selena's the Selena that <laughs> I remember. Um, you can tell every time he gets the ball that he's got ability. Ability oozes from him, even if it's just playing a simple pass. He plays it differently to other, to other players, but he but he doesn't always. Going back to the original loan where he was here first time, he doesn't always. He he's not gripping games. He's not pure like hundred percent on the ball every time. Dominant, dominant, dominant. But my memories of Selena from from last time a little hazy. We've been through, we've been we've been through some uh, we've been through some tough times here since since those days of 2017-18 and and my memories have uh, have been muddied by by miserable football but my memories of Selena is that he could just turn it on in a big moment um yeah. and, and light up a game and he was central to that kind of blitz of four four goals in 10 minutes can we say blitz can we mm. call it, are, we, are we allowed to call it a blitz a goal blitz yeah why not yeah let's call it a goal blitz not, blitz not is anything. short for Blitz is short for Blitzkrieg, isn't it? Which means at pace. So yeah, okay. Let's say it not with a capital B. No, um, and he was central to that, provide, providing the, the 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 balls for Evans' second goal, and then for that good Bond goal that we've we've talked about there. He just and then I think he came off straight away after that, and that was his final touch. Um, so yeah, he's the he's the person Selena. I I remember just suddenly he will affect a game and produced some moments of quality for his team and um I'm looking forward to him scoring his scoring his first goal because that's going to be uh, that's going to be a really popular one when it does eventually come <clears throat> um can we talk about Scott Fraser clearly playing on the left not his 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 kind of picked position if he would if he had a choice I'm sure he'd be playing number 10 but he's in the side clearly though there's going to be an issue when Carl Edwards is fit um, who you would imagine would would be the first choice on that left hand side? So, where do you stand on Fraser, his contribution to the team, um, and what to do with him when Edwards is is back fit? I think I think he benefits from Selena being in the side. Um, 
if he is going to play that left side. Actually, when those goals started to come, Cook had tinkered with it a little bit and put Selena wider and Fraser came a little more central and that mm. and that helped him. But he, even if he is lining up on that left side, he he's growing on me in that in that role because Selena's that bit more mobile perhaps than the number tens that have been there previously alongside Fraser. Like so Selena will kind of go down the out. He'll roam, which means Fraser can roam a little mm. bit. And they they're they're working well together, those two. You can see Fraser's class on the ball going back to the Sheffield Wednesday game that the the poise that Scott Fraser showed to play the pass for for Chaplin um for the equalizer against Wednesday I don't I, I was saying to Stu the other night um so many players from last season's Ipswich Townside would have just hashed at that ball and smacked it into the had a first time shot and ended up in the crowd behind so his his poise and and class on the ball is showing he's not mobile hugely he's not a runner he's not going to run mm-hmm. the channels for you but but I guess when you've got flying fullbacks whose job it is to run that channel and you've got Selena who's happy to move around in search of the ball you can you can you can use a player like that more and he's he's growing into it a lot more you you said about Joe Piggott a minute ago there's going to there's there's going to be a fair few players that are going to be um wondering wondering where their next games are coming from at times because this is a squad with especially in those attacking areas we know we know just just how many options there are um mm. well I, I think Edwards being back at, at some point hopefully may mean that Wes Burns doesn't have to be flogged every week because we know he's got this on on running Achilles problem but he's been he's been brilliant he's surpassed the expectations I had for him if I'm mm. honest um if they just get him on the ball with space in front of him and a one-on-one kind of match-up with a fullback, it's it's like this is kind of the seats at Portman Road clattering up as people stand up time. It's getting towards that because we know yeah. what he's going to do. He's going to knock a ball past and he's going to run. Um, so he's... I would like to see him maybe given a little bit of a break at some point because I, I worry that you might just push him that bit too far. Um, yeah. And then an Achilles is a tough one. But there are options to do that. So, uh, so yeah, we probably talked about all the players in that attacking area now, haven't we? Yeah. Um, I mean, as a whole, the team, I mean, clearly the team has, has been kind of struggling to settle at the start of the season. There have been selection issues and, and people have been tried in different positions and stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me. But now it feels like almost kind of organically that this team is picking itself. The, the 11 now, the 11, Benson, stop that. Apologies, Benson's coming to the the studio, and he's he's got one of my shoes, my dress Ooh. shoes, my, ex- my expensive dress shoes. Benson, stop it! Stop it! This is this is good audio, isn't it? This is um, what the, could we can we see? Can we can? Are you able to talk the camera to can, see this? I'll try. I'll try. I don't know if you can. Where is he? Oh, there's Drynan. There he is. Oh look. no! So you can see the shoe that he's just been mauling. Yeah, I, I'm. I've got a, a trip away this weekend on on fight business. I'm staying in some ropey hotel in Crystal Palace. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm started the packing process, and Benson's taking it upon himself here to to savage mm. my my smart shoes for fight night, which I'm not totally impressed oh, by. Anyway, no, exactly. Um, less of that, please. Behave yourself. <laughs> not listening to me. Not, anyway, not Bob, anyway, is he? I was saying before the the hound got hold of my expensive shoes is that um, the team now. It's maybe not what we expected before the season, certainly with the likes of, of uh, the Donaisons at right back um, and and Bon as a, as a you know first name on the team sheet up front. But this feels like the 11, doesn't it, that, that can carry town forward. 
it's getting there, isn't it? It's mm. partnership. It's partnerships, and yeah. um, we knew that there were some partnerships that that needed to form. The midfield partnership has kind of been 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 brought in, sort of oven ready from from um, from the Wigan days. But it took a little while for them to both arrive at the same time and be paired up. So that's done. Um, centre back partnership pretty clear from the outset that the preferred centre-back partnership would be George Edmondson and Cameron Burgess. Took a while to get them both on the field together and and that's that's coming together. I hadn't realised this, actually. They had, These two had played a game together um, before coming to Ipswich, played one match together um, when I think Burgess, they were both at Oldham in, in 2016, I believe it was. They played a... Um, Whatever the the pizza trophy was then at that point, and they they Oldham lost four five four at home to Carlisle. So, wow! So they conceded five. Burgess scored an own goal in that game as well. So, <laughs> so they conceded five on their first game together. Then they played their first game together for Ipswich uh, was against Bolton. They conceded five then, but um, but ever since, ever since they've been great. And and they're growing as a partnership as well. So it, it's all it's all about those partnerships around around the pitch, like Penny and Penny and Fraser. You know that's that's a, a newer partnership down the left. But, but on the other side, Donastian and Burns have. You could see those uh, the club put out a little video of the two of them with a nice little handshake after mm. the game, and they're working really well together. It's it's about partnerships, and like we we talked about gelling a lot, haven't we? Almost to the point of the point of. Um, of boredom talking about gelling, gelling, but I think, I think we're seeing it happen. Um, we are seeing it happen. Um, so, um, it's hard not to, hard not to feel positive about, about it all. Where do you stand on the, the Penny Coulson debate? So obviously Penny's come in and, and done well the last couple of games. Um, is he, is it his shirt to, to kind of lose going forward? Would you say? I, I don't think Coulson's going to be available for this weekend hmm. from, from what I gather in any case, but if he was, I think it'd be incredibly harsh on on Penny to leave him out. Like Coulson's been, Coulson's played well. He has he has played well. He's um, clearly clearly a very good player, but not to the point that I'd be putting him straight back into the team necessarily. Certainly not after a six nil win. I think you have to go with the with this side again um, in in all positions. That includes the goalkeeper. Whether mm. Christian Walton's available again, I, we we don't know. Um, but even if he is, like, there's no reason to leave to leave Fladke out at, at but, the moment. So, but, and also on that point, I mean, thinking about it, the town's rocky start to the season. We've got players who've already shown great character to bounce yep. back, haven't we? I mean, Fladke, there you've mentioned, had a bad start to the season. He got he got benched. He's now back in the side and looking good. I mean, they've only conceded one goal in the last three games with him him in the sticks. Um, Macaulay Bond would have been easy for him to shrink after that. Absolute, um, how should we call it? Shambles of a miss against against Cheltenham. A lot of strikers, you know, you wouldn't see them again for 15, 20 games because they, they wouldn't be able to get it out of the head. He he has come back and he's banging in the goals and making things happen even when he doesn't score. And Lee Evans is another example. Someone who had a, a shaky start to the season. People are saying, oh, he's not the player we thought he was. And he's come back and he's got hat-trick yeah. and assist. So yeah. th- these are really good signs, aren't they? Yeah, there's, uh, there's others as well. Like... I think not necessarily this season, but I think you have to give great credit to Janoy Donassi and how he mm. keeps. We joke about it and the Donaissance yeah. and all of that. That they've been short-lived in the past. I've got a feeling this one may live on a little longer. But 
he's that's great character to keep from all of the knocks that he's taken during his during his three years here. Um, it's, it's been ridiculous. His Ipswich career is 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 laughable, really, how how mm. it's happened. But every time he's called upon, he's ready and he keeps coming back. And um, he's one of the most laid back footballers I think you could ever wish to meet. But but deep down, there's some real real steely character there to keep just be ready to produce mm. and, and not let people down. Rakeem Harper as well. Yes, it's only come from the bench in a couple of appearances. Um, but I think he's shown some character as well to kind of come on and, and try to influence games, having been dropped and uh, and had his own struggles alongside Evans. So, um, yeah, character emerging, partnerships emerging, um, individuals emerging, and um, all that adds up to a to a team that's emerging as well. Um, just got to keep it keep it rolling. Superb, I like that actually. And um, before we move on. Any other any other notes from the six nil? As I say, we won't. Let's not move on too hastily, Hutchie, because we've never had a six nil to talk about before. Um, so if there is any more, we can kind of squeeze out of the stone of this six nil. I think we should. Um, so anything else that you can you can bring to the table? I note, by the way, I enjoyed. Obviously, I wasn't there, and people watching would have seen this. But Bond tried his trick again, didn't he? He did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, he did. He, it wasn't going to happen this time. I think the, the goalkeeper was looking him directly in the eye while it was happening, but he tried and it yeah. brought, a f- brought a few chuckles. Maybe from... they should use him as a decoy now because obviously keepers are going to know. So bon- Bond's on one side and another player's on the other <laughs> side, maybe. We should have like a, a pincer movement. So he's watching yeah. Bond. Yeah. I like, who's watching... your, who should we nominate for that? Fraser? Need... Fraser, yeah, or P- or Burns. It needs someone with pace, yeah. isn't it? So Yeah, okay. But, I like it. Yeah. Um, if... Look, if another goalkeeper gets done by Macaulay Bond doing that this season, they they deserve to be left out of their team for for all eternity. If you allow, yeah. shouldn't have happened in the first place. But if another goalkeeper falls for it, then um, there's absolutely no excuse whatsoever. Um, the atmosphere was great at Portman Road. I think fans have look fans have have waited for that for a long, long time. Um, under the lights is always better. It just it just is. And to produce that under the lights um at Portman Road in front of a really big big crowd. I, I was I was having a little think this morning about when the sort of the last time a Tuesday night game felt you came away with that feeling and I went back to the Wimbledon game at the start of the first League One season when, when Caden Jackson scored mm. um that ninety third, ninety fourth minute winner. Slightly different obviously, but that same feeling. Um that just just haven't had anywhere near enough of it at Ipswich in a, over a prolonged period. So um, mm. this Ipswich team have entertained us this season. Um, they haven't got the results and they haven't been in the right position in the table. And they, there's been some some real weaknesses that we've been able you can see from a from a mile away. But I think we could all acknowledge even during those struggles that the, the team was entertaining. Mm. Um, and this was just the culmination of. Um, of all of that but yeah hopefully hopefully there's a lot more of it a lot more of it to come can we also appreciate the uh, again we talk about b- biggest wins best performances in, in town history i'm putting it on paper now that's saying i don't think i've ever seen a better knee slide at portman road <laughs> than lee evans everything yeah. about this knee slide was perfect we, we, we shared a clip on on the kings of anglia twitter so if you've not seen it go and go and look at it it is everything about it the, the kind of construction of it, that the point at which he starts the slide, he slides the duration of the slide, takes him off the pitch, 
at a perfect pace. There's no kind of falling over or stumbling at the end. It just comes to a natural conclusion. And as he slides to, to an end, he's got a big grin on his face as Wes Burns come, comes running across. For me, that is almost the most impressive thing about the evening. I love a, <laughs> I love a celebration. And that one was perfect, Hutchie. Yeah, I saw your tweets about that. I, I completely agree. He smelt he smelt the right conditions as well. A bit of exactly. a greasy, bit of a greasy top. Uh, yeah. He knows he knows what he's heading in for, and he knows there's a camera there. Even yeah. like even even better. So uh, yeah, I'd agree with you on that. Um, there's been some horrible ones of those, and I do w- worry about people like doing their knees doing <laughs> that because because some people just don't know how to do them. But clearly, Lee Evans. The thing I like about Evans is that he also kind of had the kind of rocked back look yeah wasn't wasn't too upright which is why people tumble over at the end mm. you kind of have to the conditions have to be right and he knew they were right and that and that's why he got 10 out of 10 you've got to fully commit to it and as you say on the imperceptible rating scale that has to contribute to that 10 i reckon actually for me anyway it yep. was for me um and the other thing i want to know just before we move on pink behind the curtain time you and you and stewie have have, have covered some difficult times shall we say at the club over the past few seasons it's not always been fun in fact at times, it's been very, very difficult and unpleasant um, for a number of reasons. So when Town get a win like that, 6-0, as I say, this is the biggest win we've had as a, as a Town reporting team, certainly since um, I've come on the scene. I think the, the last 6-0 at Doncaster was shortly before I started a sports editor. Funny story there, Hutchie. We didn't have any pictures from that game. Yeah, I, I, I have heard Mr. Page, Warren Page, our photographer, discuss this. Yeah. Every, every single time we've been to Doncaster since in the car, every time Doncaster has been mentioned, he, uh, I'm aware of this story. And, and, yeah. it was brought, and it was brought up again on, uh, on Tuesday night. It is a classic. Um, I should probably just explain how I brought it up. Essentially, um, we didn't have any any kind of staff snapper going to the game. So we'd asked for, this was before I was sports, so I'd just like to point out, it wasn't on my watch. It wouldn't um, happen. Wouldn't, wouldn't happen, happen now, would it? would not happen on my watch. Anyway, so we'd gone with a local agency who then just sent us pictures of Doncaster players. Connor Wickham scored a hat-trick. Not a single picture of Connor Wickham. All <laughs> pictures of Doncaster players. Um, Terry Hunt, the editor, went ballistic, shall we say. Um, and we ended up, frantically sourcing some again i wasn't involved so i don't know how it happened but we ended up getting some pictures in the end um anyway funny aside uh, as i was saying hutchie what's it like for you as a as a journalist who, who, who covers it switch town follows them home and away um has been there through a lot of shit like i say there's not been a lot of highs really um in your time covering them when they win six nil what's it like easy yeah <laughs> it's, it's, you, it's fun it's easy. It's a lot more fun um, deliberating whether somebody should be awarded an eight, nine, or ten out of yeah. ten, rather than oh three. It's just not. It's just. It's just. It's just fun. It's easy. Everybody's in a good mood. Um, Paul Cook's in a good mood. The players are like. I the last time I in, interviewed an Ipswich player after scoring a hat trick, I think was Daryl Murphy. Uh, scored a hat trick at Rotherham back in 2015 16. That's the last time I spoke to Grant Ward, scored one since then, but I was I was working elsewhere then, uh, during a little sabbatical. But, um, um, it's, it's just easy, it's fun, it's nice to talk to people who have who are in who have the amount of times that you end up speaking to players who who have just lost again and the, the weight of the world is, is coming down on them. And it's it's not fun, um, uh, but this. This is this is fun, but we need we need so much more of it. We need, we need winning runs now. I'm going to be Absolutely. greedy. I don't want six, don't need six nil every time, but just need more more of it. 
momentum. Um, yeah. Enjoy do you and it. Stewie, do you and Stewie kind of cast like little grins and smiles and laughs at each other as the goals are going in? Because obviously, I, I, I referred earlier there to me writing the star back. You're also writing the report, so you've probably put a different top on it. God knows how many times during those goals going in, Hutchie. Yeah, this is an easier way to do it. Uh, adding to leads is fine. Yeah, uh, it's when it's the, it's the horrific last minute collapses that are, that are the issue on writing those reports because the whole narrative changes. Scoring four is the same vibe as scoring six. That's fine. Um, but it's just smile. It's just smiling. It's, it's um, laughing. Like there's mm. just, it's just, it's the same. I guess it's the same emotions that, that fans in the crowd will, will feel. We've, it's, it's, it's the exact same, exact same thing, but just with a, a laptop in front of you. And just by way of putting a, a cap on this, um, you sent me a, a or I think it actually was Rossi in, in, in the group, sent us a, a link to Paul Cook's interview with Sky post-game. I think it was Sky, um, and if you've not seen it, I will share it because it is it's it's worth watching. So it's the same reporter who 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 I would say was fairly aggressive with his questioning after the the five two home defeat to Bolton, um, essentially putting it to Cook that his coaching was no good um, in a quite assertive and as I say aggressive manner. So same reporter is interviewing Cook after a six nil. Um, and there are many ways you could approach that as as Paul Cook. You could say, I'm not talking to you. you I didn't like your questions last time. Um, but no, he handles it very well, I would say. Um, he, he answers all the questions, but in a, in a manner in which leaves no doubt that he wasn't happy about the line of questioning last time. Um, so if you're looking for a grin today, as I say, I'll share it via, via the KOA Twitter. Go and watch that. I enjoyed it, Hutchie. What did you make of it as a journalist? Uh, I've been on the other end of that. Similarly, uh, I'm not completely, uh, not completely sure I I was uh, deserving of it with previous yeah. managers at previous clubs. But um, just a reminder that managers never forget that, yeah. uh, <laughs> and and that it's all about how you ask your question rather than what you ask. Mm. Absolutely, hundred percent. Who was the um, who was the the frosty manager with you then? Name names. Uh, uh, Mark Mark Cooper. Uh, who was he's currently the manager of Barrow, was the manager of Swindon um, for a couple of years. We didn't see eye to eye on a lot okay. on a lot of things, um, a lot of things. Okay, we'll leave it there. That's this is for the the, the lost tapes one day. We'll, we'll tell yeah, the stories. We the, can, Paolo, yeah. the Paolo Di Canio, all that sort of stuff. Fantastic. We can do that one day if you want. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we uh, yeah we didn't we didn't get on. We should do that. Actually, we should do that as a as a next. I mean, we've never ever done another KOA extra time, have we? Since the famous, no. now infamous crisp episode, maybe we should do a, a lost tapes special where we just talk about stories, just share stories. A lot easier to do if the team is uh, the reason we've probably not done another one about crisps is because <laughs> it, it doesn't it hasn't fit the vibe of misery and uh, downward spiral that this club has provided us with for the last three years. So, um, good. Good teams equal more novelty podcasts would be my Absolutely. would be my vibe. Hundred percent. Again, there was a delicious irony in the fact that Chris podcast was pinned to the top of our feed during the weekend that, that Paul Hurst was about to be sacked, I think. Anyway, <laughs> it says a lot about the Hurst era. Let's move on, Hutchie. I've enjoyed talking about the six nil. It's been tremendous fun. Um, and I know the rest of the Kings are also equally excited who, who can't be with us today for various reasons. Um, you weren't with us last week because you were at our family wedding in Scotland. And my goodness, Hutchie, can I just say the pictures you sent me of Scotland looked amazing. I love Scotland. One of my favourite places on earth. And the pictures you were sending me 
fantastic. Just tell just tell people about that castle you sent me. So this is just on the outskirts of one well, on the outskirts outside of Aberdeen, but it's mm. literally literally on the edge of a cliff. Looks yeah. amazing. I mean, for for people like me who had these things to list of, of places I must go and see, um, what's it called and where is it? Scotland was on form over the weekend. Yeah. I'll give oh, it was at its best. Um, it's called Slane's Castle, which is near Peterhead, north of just north of Aberdeen. Um, it's just a Scotland are that awash with castles that they mm. would happily just leave, just leave this one right on the cliff, completely derelict, nothing around. You just go clambering around it. So like climbing up the towers, like sheer drops down to cliffs beneath you, no fence, no nothing. It's, um, so yeah, it was great. Bit di- a bit dicey when you've got a three-year-old with you. Um, you do need to keep your wits about you, but um, but yeah, it was it was great. I'd thoroughly recommend that part of the world if um, if anybody fancies getting away. It's um, mm. it's beautiful. That just adds peril, doesn't it? Having a three-year-old in a in a, yeah. in a disused castle right on the edge of a cliff. I mean, keeps you on your toes, like you say. Exactly. The, be- the beauty of Scotland it, it is genuinely, and I, I don't say this lightly, as a country, the places you can go in Scotland, the Highlands and all that, they're magical. Mm. You know, it's ethereal. It, you know, it's visceral. You can you kind of feel it more than see it almost, if you know what I mean. And and there's there's very few places like that. I'm going all I'm going all Alan Wicker now, aren't I? I'm going all <laughs> travel travel show Heath. But uh, I mean, other places like that, Rome, I would say, is another place that is uh, has that kind of it's more than just what you're seeing. It's the whole feeling of it, um, mm. if you know what I mean. Anyway, I'm, I'm digressing, Hutchie. This was a, that's, this... that's another podcast. We'll do, yeah. we'll do me and you can do a Scotland one. We could do it in the voice of that, that Scottish guy that always talks about the coast. Yeah. You know the one I mean with the long Absolutely. hair? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, ca- we could do a KOA on tour travel special and we just trade places to visit get people to add to their list anyway this was a very long segue into saying you weren't around on friday (laughs) um and and thursday in fact when we last recorded the pod and you very kindly gave us each five um non-existent grand imaginary grand shall we say um to bet in a million pound picks now you haven't listened to the podcast which is an absolute disgrace um i listen to everything whether i'm on it or not um obviously you were busy though so i'll forgive you um so now friend i have some bad news for you oh dear that how, that what uh, how that, you want you've won loads haven't you you've won loads um, of money. define i mean what really is winning first of all i mean is winning just uh, having a good time with what you've given us because if so we won we won plenty mate it, okay, if, you define, great. if you're defining it by actually did we win any money for you the answer would be no we didn't um we lost all your money we spunked, oh. we spunked it up a big wall. So you're 15k down, I'm afraid, mate. Um, oh. Mike Bacon, okay. Mike Bacon went all in five grand of his own money on the first corner. To well, he's he's a, he's a fool. Never bet on things like that. And he lost it. He lost it all. So he's now the reason he's not here today is because he's he's got to get another job to cover that cover that loss. <clears throat> so I'm afraid, Hutchie, that money you gave us, as nice as it was, I wouldn't I wouldn't trust us with that again because we don't know what we're doing um and we all lost so you're 15k oh. down what did you bet on uh i bet on i think i bet on town to score first and it to be 1-1 at half time which i thought was a reasonable bet um half, halfway there yeah no no, no I, this is a shepherd wednesday game isn't it this yeah one. yeah so uh obviously that didn't happen um i can't remember what ross bet on 
and she had a similar bet, but again, didn't. I mean, all in theory, decent bets, but did not work out in practice. So sorry, friend, we've lost you 15K. Oh, um, well. The next question, obviously, is, is how are you going to go about winning that back? And I know you've got cash in abundance and plans to spend it. So what are you going to do before we, we get into previewing Akron Stanley? What are you going to do with your bets this weekend? Two two bets, mm-hmm. 100, 120 grand in total. Your your losses uh, took me down to a square £800,000. Decent. So, so I'm going to use 120 of that. I'm going to put a hundred. £100,000 on Ipswich to win either half of this weekend's game. So they just need to win a half one way or another. At four to six would return £166,666.66. So it doesn't, in that scenario, it doesn't matter if they lose the game as long as they win one of the halves. Yep, they could be 5-0 down at half time and just score once in the second half and lose 5-1 and I win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, okay. So so I'm in I'm in for that and I'm just going to chuck a little I'm just going to chuck a little 20,000 pounds on on Colby Bishop to score any time in this game. He's a player that's caused Ipswich trouble in the past. Um and I'm going to chuck 20,000 pounds at that which would return 70. So So there your bets. Ta- town to win either half and Colby yeah. B- Colby Bishop to score in the game basically that's it as you say a player with history he was linked with town wasn't he over the summer um yeah yeah he's yeah he was one i think cook is um cook's a fan of of him um has been for some time clearly gary roberts gary roberts knows him well former teammate um he's one that they very very definitely had some serious considerations over i think but um once i think it was Probably once the Macaulay Bond deal got done, I think that was probably off. Probably off the table. He was just one on that they seriously considered on a bit of a list. But yeah, he's always done well for for them against Ipswich. So um, yeah, a little twenty grand on him to score. Okay, mate. Shall we talk about the trip to Accrington? Historically, not a happy hunting ground for town. This is the this is was it Accrington you rocked up one time in a in a Merc? Was that Accrington? Yeah, it was Accrington. Yeah. And that with the, was that also where you saw the celebs, who weren't celebs off this morning, or was that somewhere else? Uh, no, that was Rochdale. Rochdale. Okay, fair enough. Um, you're wrong. You got the wrong Northern Outpost there. Easily done. Easily done. done. Um, friend, just by way of looking ahead to this game, I've just clicked onto Accrington's last few results. Uh, it doesn't make for happy reading if you're an Accrington fan. They lost five one mm. at Oxford on Tuesday. Before that, they drew three three at Morecambe. And before that, they got tonked 4-1 at home by Wigan. Yeah. So they're not on the, the best run of form. And before that, they lost to Sunderland. So yeah. they're not they're not in form, one would say, although they are kind of mid-table. Um, what you got, What are your kind of opening thoughts on this game? Because clearly Town bounced into this game with a great deal of momentum. And sport yeah. is all about momentum. And Accrington don't really seem like they have any momentum. No. It's going to be a very... Uh disregarding even that, I think it's going to be a very, very different game to the Doncaster game. They're not going to win this game 6-0. Um, but you're right. They it, it, Ipswich have history at Accrington. It's not great history, although they did win on their last game with, with Paul Cook sat in the stands um, trying his best not to be the manager of the team, despite being officially appointed just three or four hours before kickoff. Um, he wasn't in charge that night. 
but this this team doesn't have history at Accrington. These these players don't. It's um it's fresh. I think that page can be turned now, hopefully. And it's just a game against a, a solid Accrington side who, from the looks of things, are very a very similar side to the one that we've we've seen over the the last. This is the fourth visit that that we'll have had up up there. Um, it's like Sykes in defence, Nottingham, Keneally, um, Conville, Colby Bishop. Um, yeah, it's a similar group of players, but uh, but I don't. They're not going to. They're not going to make things easy for Ipswich, but I, I would really hope they'd go there and win this game. Um, these are, you, you need to go to these places and win, um, and I, I feel quite confident that they might. Okay. Um, apologies if you hear a dog barking in the background. Benson's causing trouble today. Um, it's not about Accrington, though, of course, Archie. It's about town. No. Let, we're going to Accrington Stanley off the back of a 6-0 win. I'm beaten in three games, only conceded one goal. It's about what town do, about how they impose their will on this game. So what do you do with the team? I mean, do you just stick with the same team? Is there any way yep. you'd like to get freshened up in any way? Not really. Nope. Even um, if Edwards is fit, for example, do you, do you say no? no? No. No, I think he, uh, as harsh as that is, uh, given that he, he deserves to... St- the way he played during the first weeks of his career you, here, you'd want him in the team, but no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't chuck him straight back in until the only, the only, the only two that I would even consider changing for this would be if Burns or, or Selena are a goose um, <laughs> to use a Mick McCarthyism. He's under a bit of pressure, isn't he? Not going so well for Mick at Cardiff. At the uh, moment. Um, yeah. He played Mark McGuinness as a fullback. That's uh that's that's where it's at. He had five centre backs on the pitch the other night. Uh, still lost, but um, no, I'd go say I think you just have to go with the same eleven. I think uh, if if you think Selena's maybe reached a limit of how much football he's played in in a short space of time after coming back, you'd, you'd maybe maybe consider dipping him out from the start, mm. but not really. If I'm honest, if they're good to go, play them, build the momentum. There's a that, Clearly, these guys are all going to get a rest uh, on Tuesday when they it, Ipswich go to Gillingham in the Papa John's. Burstan Salinas not playing in that game, <laughs> so, so so that for all intents and purposes, this this group of players will have a free week leading up to I think it's is it Shrewsbury Shrewsbury next yeah. Saturday. Yeah. So the break is there's a break coming. There's a free midweek for for the frontline players. Um, so go go again, go again, please. Very simple. I like it. So go again. I'd agree with that, certainly, and I'm sure a lot of people would. Um, what are you saying then for result, Hutchie? Prediction time. Is it going to be... 2-1. 2-1 Ipswich. Nice. Uh, quite comfortable. They'll win one of the halves. Yeah. Uh, you have to win one of the halves <clears> if you uh, if you win 2-1. So uh, so there you go. Colby Bishop to score for Accrington. Yeah, every, yeah, and everybody's a winner then, particularly <laughs> me. So... <laughs> There you go then. Two two one you're saying. I, I fancy town to do it as well. Um I might go two nil. Two nil. Um so we'll see. Keep that keep that rec- that run going for Hladkey as well, because I'm I'm liking the way he's bouncing back from his early season adversity. That's why I've got my pink. Ah, is that it? That's the theme. That's why I put it there. Because I'm pleased for him. You can see just if you're just listening on audio, Hutchie has a, a rack of town kits from over the years behind him just over his right hand shoulder and today he's put brought to the fore that lovely pink goalkeeper's kit 
Um, oh, if anybody back, if anybody wants to buy the Spartak <laughs> Moscow shirt that's over the other shoulder, <laughs> get on eBay. That's available. There you go. Hutchie hustling as ever. Um, any other notes, Hutchie, before we take our leave and get on with the day? I'm going to watch Never Lost at Home again tonight. Are you? Yeah, my wife wow. wanted my wife wanted to go. Oh, so nice. um so I'm going again. Now today today, mate, I know before you went on your a date night with, with, with Stewie um at the press night and you didn't go backstage, but today, if ever there is a time that you can impress the wife with ac- <laughs> access all areas. No no no, they know me. Come on, let's go backstage. <laughs> let's go and see the stars. That's what you need to do tonight, mate. Surely. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. She's got an early start for work tomorrow, so it might, it might, maybe we we'll have to go before. But I don't want to put them off. What? <laughs> just, just distract them from their their vocal warm ups or oh, whatever, no. whatever these people do before. Hutch, before Hutch, but... Hutchie's in extra pressure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something like that. <clears throat> That's a good segue, of course, to remind you to please do support our sponsors. Um, Never lost at home. They're the new Woolsey Theatre. Um, I think it runs until October the ninth, so still time to go and see it. Hutchie's going to see it again, which I think is 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 testament indeed to how good it is. £10 per ticket, I believe they start at via the new Woolsey website. And also, obviously, Manscaped, our long-term sponsor. Use the code KOA at manscaped.com to get 20% off and free delivery, which is a tremendous deal. Um, and they've got some tremendous things on offer. Um, Hutchie, anything else to add before I uh, attempt not to mess up an outro? You go for it. Oh, how's the shoe? Did he? Is he left the shoe alone now? He, he's left it. Yeah, he knows. He knows not to to mess with certain shoes in the house. Um, and clearly there, he decided to mess with that one because he wanted some attention. Um, I've thus scolded him. He's given me the the kind of insubordinate look, and now he's run off barking at something. So there you go. Little little hint, little peek behind the curtain of my life there, friends, and what an exciting <laughs> life it is. Um, <clears throat> so having mentioned our sponsors, please do follow us across all social media, Kings of Anglia on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. Um, I hope you've enjoyed today's pod. We've learned many, many things, uh, including Hutchie doesn't get on with Mark Cooper. Um, we once didn't have pictures of an Ipswich Town 6-0 win and many, many, many other things. Um, we've discussed many things. Scotland, Rome, Ipswich Town winning 6-0. Have I mentioned that? Ipswich Town won 6-0 on Tuesday night. Um, enjoy it. Let's hope for even more this weekend. Follow it with us. The boys are at Accrington. Have a great weekend if you're going. If not, enjoy it all. And we'll speak to you again next time.
podcast from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.